and welcome to the 42 HQ. We are here to talk about the weekend that was in the GAA. Uh, I'm Gavin Casey, I'm joined by Fintan O'Toole, the 42's GAA editor, and we're both delighted to be joined by two-time two All-Star and former All-Ireland winner with Tipperary, Shane McGrath, uh, a fine hurler but uh, a fine footballer as well, you were telling us beforehand. In uh, our tip during the football circles, yes. Yeah, yeah, a legend <laughs> in those parts. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are uh, looking for you guys to get involved at home, so if you've got any opinions or comments or even questions for Shane, do get involved. We'll pick the best one towards the end, or maybe afterwards, actually. We're giving away this fine snapback here, although Shane is planning, I think, to uh, hand it to one of uh, the Shannons. Dan Shannon would do serious brand ambassador, uh, brand ab ambassadorial <laughs> work, I think, wearing this hat. Vincent, uh, Shane, before those pitching curtains, anyway. <laughs> uh, Shane, before we kick off, I, I, I often check out um, athletes' Wikipedia pages not to actually find out about them, but to see if their friends have made any edits to uh, <laughs> to the copy. There, just looking at yours here, uh, it says in 2014, McGrath scored eight points from play in midfield in the All Ireland semi-final and final. Following the eighth point, McGrath walked off, shouting, "My work here is done." Much of the anger of those in attendance. Any ideas as to who might be responsible for that one? They also claimed you uh, scored eight points from play at a, w a wedding of the man, a man named Frank. <laughs> yeah, see, this is the joys of Wikipedia, isn't it? Like that anybody <laughs> can write into it. Um, I was on a stag there in February. Um, one of the guys I was teaching with and a few of his friends decided this would be this would be the best thing to do <laughs> on the second night of the stag. So uh, I know it's it's all in good jest once. Uh, so the eight points from play thing is a nice touch, right? The fact that it's spelled <laughs> P-I-N-T-S, <laughs> it probably isn't great, but look, it's all a bit of crack, I suppose, you know? Big time, yeah. Well, I suppose we have some serious matters to attend to. The draw has been made for the All-Ireland semi-finals. Uh, we might get to tip in a second. Are there any kind of winners and losers here? Like, who's going to be happiest with the draw, do you reckon, Finton? And um, I suppose, are there any that are maybe... Uh, fighting against the wind a little bit with how things have turned out. I think on the basis of the Tyg Dubourke incident yesterday, I mean, if he's out, I think the moment that that happened, uh, maybe Colby and Cork might have perceived that Waterford might be uh, maybe the easier of the two to play against. Of course, you'd imagine Waterford are going to appeal it at this stage. I mean, he's been so kind of integral to everything done, hasn't he, over the last four or five years since Derek McGrath took over. Um, like when the incident happened, you know, it was in Port Cove yesterday, didn't actually see it. Like, but when we kind of look back, I mean, is there an argument that he was kind of going out with the ball and he kind of challenged with Harry Kyo and that's how the, the, the face guard came off? I mean, I was thinking Podge Collins 2014 is the other major one I can remember yeah. for someone getting sent off or something like that. But on the basis that if Dubourke isn't out, you know, that's going to be a big loss to Waterford. Um, maybe Cork might be a bit happier, but I think, you know, the fact that Kilkenny are out ultimately, I think everyone is going to fancy their chances now because, you know, they're going to view it as wide open. Yeah. Uh, they all, I mean, you could say Goldwyn Cork with question marks over the four or five week break. Tip and Waterford, you know, have been went from the qualifiers, but maybe a couple of issues with both of them in, in, uh, in defence. So, um, hard to know exactly who's who, who's the happiest out of it, you know? Yeah, big time. Shane, what do you make of it from a Tipperary perspective? Are you happy enough? Uh, well, if you believe all the rumours, we'll be lucky to have 15 the next day and uh, <laughs> no one's talking to each other and, uh, you know, they might not go on the same bus, like, so... But look, that's, that's the joys of being from Tip, you know, rumours go with losses and unfortunately everybody gets carried away when we do lose, but I think Tip are coming in in a very, very good place. Um, played fine against Clare, um, if, they, if they got a goal, you know, it could have opened up a bit more from, but I think quarterfinals and semi-finals are just for winning. Nobody really remembers how, how you're playing them. And I think that's what Tipper after doing, after winning a quarterfinal, after getting over the line. Some of the top players didn't perform, but at least during the semi-final they have a chance to perform. Whereas a lot of the teams gone now, they're big players. Let's take Tony Kelly, for example. Mm. You know, he never really got a chance to shine for Clare this year and he's out. Like, what, what would he give for a chance to play in Crow Park? Whereas our boys are getting that chance and that's what it's all about. We're in the business end of the year for the ninth time over the last ten years. So, 
a lot of people talk about tips and consistency and all this, but I think you look back and it's bar 2013, since 2008, Tiff have been in All-Ireland semi-finals, so must be doing something right, like, so. Yeah. And uh, that's, I think the boys like playing at Crow Park. And, and they know how to win there on the big days, like. And that's the crux of it now, really, isn't it? Like, it's hardly been a vintage year for Tipperary, obviously, or at least that's the perception of it, but once they walk out in front of 65,000 people in Crow Park, you're, you're at the business end again, and then you might see the best of Tipperary because it's kind of intrinsic in them to perform at that stage. Yeah, and as you said, like, as we said, Galway the farm team now, Everybody in the country is tipping them, all the lads in the game last night tipped them, so how do you deal with this pressure if you're not used to dealing with it? That's another big thing. Tip have won big games in Crow Park that they shouldn't have won down through the years, whereas with all due respect to Galway, they have probably lost games they should have won. And I know, like, I know the tip boys love playing at Crow Park, they love that space, especially our, you know, Neymar, Suarez and Messi inside, you know, I mean, John Bubbles and Shamey. I mean, if you get the ball into them, like, I mean, they do serious damage. I mean, what, what John and Noel did for a space of maybe maybe five, ten seconds doesn't sound like a lot, mm. but underneath the south stand the other day, it was like the two of them were just in the back garden pinging the ball over and back to other. And that's the confidence they have. Our forward unit is fine. Our midfielders, you know, I know there's a big game in, in the in the boys, and I know that, that Crow Park will hopefully bring it out. The backs will probably talk about it again. It's it's probably an area that we can work on, but at least we're getting a chance to work on it now against against Galway and. I think it's going to be a serious game. I mean, like one point last year, one point the year before. 2014, they should have bet us in Turles. 2010, they should have bet us in Crow Park. I'm sure they're re reliving all these things, and they have a guy with Mahal Donahue who knows our lads very well. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of people wouldn't might know, but like Mahal did a lot of coaching with us for the last two years before he got involved with Galway. You know, trying to come in and gain experience. Very unassuming guy, just came in, did his few drills, but was always learning, always learning. And, and like he knows the boys very well. You can see that from the league final, the way he said is out. I mean, he knows, right, you stand beside Paulie Maher, you're not going to win the ball. So pull him everywhere, pull and drag him everywhere. And that's what they did to us. And they, they probably won't change their game plan too much from the league final. Might have to tweak one or two things. We have a different team now as well. So we're going to have to change our game plan. And no matter what player says, Playing a crawl park just plays completely differently. You know yourselves there. You've, you've seen all the games, like you know. So. It's been interesting. You mentioned the McGrath, like what Michael Ryan has done. I mean, he didn't start John against Westmead. He didn't start Noel against Dublin. I don't know. Was that to maybe kind of give both of them a bit of a G up or whatever? But I mean, definitely he got both of them on the pitch for the Ireland quarter final. Mm. Ten points in play between the two of them, and like he's probably getting them firing at the right time now, isn't he? Yeah. I mean, I don't know the stats of brothers scoring down through down through the years, but ten points from play must be some kind of record yeah. for a set of brothers <laughs> in a championship game. Um, Someone, uh, I think Shane Stapleton or someone tweeted the other day about, you know, it was the, the Rolex wrists of Lockmore. Like, I mean, if, if you go down and watch a Lockmore match, there's nine or ten lads are McGrath's. <laughs> so it's just yeah. the thing is based on McGrath's, like, basically, like any famous club teams down through the year, it's based on two or three families. But, like, the boys aren't phased about being dropped. I mean, like, look, look what Noel's been through in his personal life and it's come through the other side, you know. I mean, and that, that hit everybody hard, like, back in a couple of years ago when we found that out but he just mm. he just pushed it aside he, he's focused and John is the exact same you know and like what a role model for John to have looking up to Noel down through the years and like they're, they're not faced by the big days they, they love the big days and I think and I think that's where Tip will have the advantage they love playing in Crow Park they love playing around the big days and they have and the majority of the team have won big on the big days up there and I think that'll stand them well in, in the next day like you know how concerned would you be by the defence and I suppose the full back line against uh, Galway's forwards? We've seen them in Croke Park already, how they make space. They're obviously big, huge units as well as individual men. Like, what do Tip have to do to improve in that regard? Because I suppose against Clare, even though Tip were a superior team, they conceded three goals and might have conceded maybe five or six mm. had things gone differently. 
Well, I suppose it's been highlighted big time after yesterday's match. Unless you're an inter-county manager, you don't seem to be allowed to speak about these things. But yeah, we might head away. You know, <laughs> <laughs> leave it like, <laughs> but look, and I, I understand. I understand where Davey is coming from about the lads making the comments. You know, they haven't they haven't managed at the top level. But I suppose you're there to give your opinion as a player as well. And uh, like as a player, I would have seen James Barry not be comfortable at four, and I thought he was outstanding for us at three. And uh, and again, he's done it on the big days in Crow Park. I'd love to see him back at three. I thought Donnemar was excellent at cornerback. The question is who goes in the other corner now? Um, like, you know, Tossi's doing fine, but Crow Park just plays different, like, you know, and Galway are going to exploit that to the last. I mean, Carl Mannion, I'm hearing, will, will probably be more likely be back. Right. I mean, the, the speed of this guy, like, it's, you really see it in, in Crow Park, like, they exploit the space. Uh, Joe seems to be happy with his job as kind of, you know, the creator of the, of the scores now, and mm. he'll be happy enough to pick one or two off and play himself, and the Coonies are, you know, in unbelievable form. So we, we do need to be set up properly at the back or else we're just going to get pulled and dragged everywhere and you could see again Galway tipping over 25, 26 points at their ease like you know. Do they need a bit more protection? Like I think the last 10 or 15 minutes you kind of noticed on Saturday Rona Maher maybe dropped a little bit, a couple of yards back mm. and uh, Bernard Maher then dropped a bit back from midfield because like you finished with a full back line none of who started in last year's Lauren final. Like for any other winning team, like to be dismantling a yeah. full back line True, you know, different circumstances, Mickey Cowles had injuries, you know, Carl Barrett's no longer on the panel. But I mean, he finished with Donna Maher, Tomas Hamill, and Sean O'Brien, who you were talking about, who's yeah. kind of come from nowhere, really, hasn't he? To yeah, make Sean is from, he's from Newport, who'd been, been neighbour and club of ours, you know, and they, they won the Intermediate County final last year, went up senior, and Sean probably got a bit of notice in the club games, in the senior club games. I know he's going very well at centre back for his club. But he only got brought into the panel maybe, you know, four or five weeks ago, so I'm sure, you know, it was a bit of a surprise to him as well. I, I've heard he was flying it in training, going very well, marking the likes of Shamey and Bubbles and the lead, so that's great experience for him. Didn't have a lot to do on Saturday, but at least if he is, if he does feature the next day or if he does start, you know, he has that kind of nervousness of your first game, that's gone now. Crow Park will play different again, as I said loads of times already, but, you know, he, he'll have a bit of experience. I just feel, you know, you know, Play, play, play your strongest, like. Mm. And at, I mean, our strongest is James Barry at three, done at two at the moment. And Hamill in the other corner. Or, or um, it's it's hard to know because you know I mean it's, again Tossie plays his best hurling in the half back line, and you're asking a guy to play a completely different position in the in the full back line as a cornerback, you know, because you're marking probably one of the most trickiest guys in the field who can twist and turn, and it's very very it's a very very particular position. I, I I'd love to see if 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 Mickey's goes well in training now this week or things like that. You know, because he has the experience and all that on the big day. I, I'd, I'd like to see Mickey getting a go there, maybe. Like, you know, will will Carl Barrett be back? It's it's hard to know at this stage. It's, it seems very late in the year. Uh, like it'd be, be a big call now. It'd, it'd, it'd be a massive call, you know. It'd be a massive call, you know. I mean... Would it draw, like, an, a, 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 well, it would draw an inordinate, inordinate amount of attention towards... Uh, or maybe even heap of pressure upon the team where it's like, all of a sudden, that's the entire country's talking about that. Like, oh, Barrett's back out of nowhere. Mm. Um, would that affect the team? Like, well is, it, is it worth making it on that basis? Like, you know, I mean, I mean, I, I know Cahill played a club match over the weekend and got through it fine and did fine in it. He's probably a little bit off the pace of inter-county and, and all our semi-final is some match to come back into after being away for so long. But I would feel that, OK, you bring him back in, you obviously, you're probably not going to start him. But at least the guys in the pitch know, right, I need to go well here today or he's coming on. And that leader work one way or another for a player. They'll either crack under the pressure or, you know, majority of players will go, well, I'm going to prove a point here today that I, I'm here in the panel all year. I'm going to keep him off the team for as long as I can. So I, I, I think I can, I, I, I'd see it as a positive, but again, it's up to the management to decide, you know, and at this stage of the year, who, who knows what it's going to be. I think a call would have to be made today or tomorrow, realistically. Like.
Yeah, big time. Like Shane Gavin was asking the question here uh, of you, Shane, will Sean O'Brien start uh, versus Galway? And he says, up Newport. Uh, you probably touched upon that a, a little bit already. Uh, Brandon O'Brien, cheers to the comment, Brandon. He says, uh, Waterford have a few more years in them yet. Uh, Waterford and Galway for the finish. Uh, I mean, that's the thing with Kilkenny being gone. It's going to be a cracking final regardless. I think you were saying, Finton, earlier that there's only one combination out of the four that has happened before that was Cork yeah, Galway. Cork Galway, like when I tip Cork, I mean, you played them in the semi final in 2014, and that was. Mm. Was it nearly 70,000 of that game? It was such a novel thing that Tip Cork were playing in Cork Park. I mean, yeah. if you have a Tip Cork final or a Tip Waterford final, I mean, it's, it's, I suppose it's like any sport. Once the, the champion and the team that's dominated for so long is out of the picture, everyone kind of. Ah, that's it. And I remember, I remember in 14 that um, Cork were going so well at the time and we were going okay, but all the talk that week was how good Cork were. And no one really said anything about us. And, you know, we were talking about this all the time in training amongst ourselves and, like, we were so driven, like, to win that game, you know, as, as a group, because we felt we were just getting wrote off. Like there was the end of maybe seven or eight of us, and the management forget about it and all this. So we had a point to prove that day, and, and we just went out. We didn't really go with tactics or anything like that. We just went out and we hurled like, and we just lads just went out and they got a chance to express themselves beforehand. And we were just told, just go out, do your best, take the game to them, and let's see what happens. And you know, the ball did fall for us. And I remember me and Woody before the game going up on the bus saying. Everybody had the two boys from Cork given All-Stars that year, basically before the match was even on. And we said, you know, we're, we've, we've nothing to lose here today. All the pressure's on the two boys, Daniel Carney, Aidan Walsh at the time. And like, it, it actually offered us the opportunity and the, and the team opened up for us. And we, we, I, it was one of the most enjoyable games I ever played in Crowe Park because it was just it was loads of space, just free-flowing hurling game, like, you know, and the things fell for us. Like. The big thing that year was Cork didn't cope with the five-week break. I mean, like that's probably the question mark over Galway. It's the first time since 2012 that they've been in this position. Cork's in 2014. Yeah, you've seen both sides of it. Like Tip, Tip did it last year. They came through uh, once they're all the way from the quarterfinal mm. to win it. Like you know, I mean, you they, see did, that being they a did it. Like, and I suppose, like, I mean, finding out the meaning of life seems to be secret, and finding out how to manage this five-week break. Like you know, because okay, you let lads play a couple of club games and then they get injured. I mean, you just go train for five weeks and the thing gets stale. You know, you end up doing kind of like you know a 150 metre shuttle test in, in after two weeks because lads feel like, oh, we have to do something here. And then, you know, it, it does get mundane, it does drought. You just, you just can't be playing matches. I was listening to Tommy Walsh during the week and he's just the epitome of it. Like, you know, he just, all he wants to do is play matches, play matches, play matches. And that's, what, that, that's why I feel Tip have a good advantage going in in that. All they've been doing is playing matches, right? So you take it, right? To play Dublin, to did a bit the following week and then you're the famous word tapering. Keen O'Neill's the first guy I ever heard say that word tapering <laughs> in my life. And he goes, you know, you taper for that week. Uh, play Clare. What are they going to do this week? I mean, they're going to recover tonight. They'll do a bit tomorrow night. Thursday night might play an A versus B Saturday, maybe. The fact that they're the first semi-final now, they mightn't. And then you're just, you're just looking forward to a build-up to an Ireland semi-final. Like, it's a dream. It's like playing in our 14-county final. Right, the lads who take sidelines take a few sidelines. The lads who are doing the freeze take a few freeze. Back to take ball to each other. And you're just, I think at this time of the year, it's not about fitness. About being fresh because everybody has match fitness now this at this stage of the year. So, you know, tip are fresh going into this. Galway will be fresh as well, but I think there's a difference in the freshness and that tip are fresh from playing games. Galway are fresh from just doing nothing. I know the club thing shuts down over there. I mean, there's more there's more club hurlers in, in America than there is in Galway at the moment, from, from Galway, like, you mm -hmm. know, because they just shut it down and that's it until until the summer is over, basically. So that's that's where I feel tip, tip have the bit of advantage, like. Yeah, big time. Well, folks, keep your comments coming in if you want to win a 42 snapback. Uh, we might talk about that aforementioned uh, Davy Fitz versus RT or the world 
saga, Fintan, it's, it's going to be common, I, I presume. Uh, we were probably a little bit surprised when he made the comments because it sounded like he was referring to something that was said in the Sunday game, but that wasn't the case at all. It was tweets, right? Yeah, so he came into the press conference for Parkway yesterday and I think the first couple of questions were just about the game and, you know, he, he, had, no, he had no complaints. He basically talked about Kevin Warren's goal before half-time as being the turning point to get Watford that cushion and he said it was just so sloppy for them to concede, which it was. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, I think they had two chances to clear the ball. Um, and then he was asked, uh, so Derek McGuire had come in first and he had been asked about Michael Dyke and Henry Shefflin who, yeah, they, they, neither of them were working for it yesterday, but just both tweeted um, their views on the, this was the sweeper system, the fact that Look, a lot of people have been talking about before, and was this going to be the most defensive game in the history of hurling with Sean Murphy on one end and Ty DeBurke on mm. the other? But then Davy, um, you know, like he defended Derek McGrath, and he's been pretty strong in this, even when he was Clare manager, that he said he liked what McGrath was doing, that he'd taken a side who were at a very low ebb and he'd built them up. And I wonder, did he see something similar in Wexford, a project when he took over, that this is what he had to do? Uh, but yeah, he was, re he was really passionate about it. Like he thought it was, he defended the style of hurling both sides used, and he said, look, do we want to. Leave the big two, which I presume is referring to Tip and Kilkenny. Do we want finals with just the two of them in it? You know, and I think he's a point in the sense that 15 and 15 doesn't work for every team. If Wexford had gone 15 and 15 from the start of this year, and um, you know, you saw the scores that they were leaking over the last couple of years. I think it was a 2014. They conceded something like 425 against Limerick in a quarter final. So that kind of stuff couldn't continue. Uh, maybe if there is a criticism, I think you were talking before, Shane, like with 10 or 15 minutes away yesterday. Maybe they should have pushed up because yeah. like they got a goal in the 75th minute yesterday, but they never looked like scoring a goal. Until then, I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think Stephen O'Keefe had really one shot to save, and like someone like Conor McDonald, who I think is a brilliant hurler, and they really needed him to be involved a bit more, but he just wasn't in the game yesterday. So he has a point, but maybe maybe you have to just adapt during a game yeah. in the last ten or fifteen minutes. O'Keefe is like he's like the Manuel Neuer of hurling. Uh, yeah. I mean, they got a sideline there, and he he's such confidence in his ability. He ran straight out to the corner mm. to get that ball, and that's I, I that's what I like about him. Like you know. Uh, I suppose Owen Murphy is similar in a way, he plays, nearly plays as an outfielder for Kilkenny, but uh, Stephen O'Keefe is, is, is very good at it and they've all seemed to adopt this fancy 1-2 from the full back back to the goalie, yeah. um, which is brilliant. One of the first persons I ever seen doing that was Cummins, we played him in the club game a few years ago and he, he hit it to the full back and the full back was looking around going, what do I do with this? He's like, give it back to me. And we give it back to him and then, you know, they were getting an extra probably 10, 15 yards, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Especially with the, the likes of the, the, the way the slitters are there now and like the, the, like the lad's ability to strike the ball just, just so clean every time. It is, it does bypass the half back line now nearly, like, you know, so mm. I'd say it'll be used again, like, you know, definitely from the Watford point of view anyway. What, what do you make of this, like, like the, the, the tactics, I mean, like, you know, the people wanting, I suppose, traditional, maybe high scoring shootouts, like Tip Cork this year got a huge amount of praise for the amount of scores that were in the game. But I mean, is there an argument that, look, you know, that, that just doesn't suit every team, like, you know what I mean? Every team's entitled. Like, you're not playing to entertain the public, are you? I mean, like, these players ultimately playing no, to win and like get past the get, You're get right, the, the I mean, at the end of the day, like, Watford don't care if they're in the Ireland, and nobody from Watford should really care if they're in the Ireland playing this system. Like, I suppose you've mentioned it as well, you have to, you have to go with what you have. And Watford know 15 and 15 probably not going to be good enough to win in All Ireland. So they have to, you have to adapt with what you have. What I was saying yesterday was I understand their system, especially Wexford, but they were six points down with, we say, eight minutes to go, and Sean Murphy was still picking up the ball in his own 21 yard line. You know, it would have been nice maybe just see, see him push onto a half back line or, or midfield where he's originally picked and, and just go for a game and take a chance. Isn't, isn't it the same losing by three points as nine points? I think in a knockout mm. hurling match, do you know what I mean? It's you're gone. If you're gone, you're gone. So just take the chance. If it works, it works. They got the goal at the end. They probably sugarcoated it. Like Watford were a way better team. You mentioned Kevin Moore in there. I had fair battles with Kevin Moore, and he had an outstanding game yesterday. And he was my man of the match yesterday. Like for for what he did and the work he got through. Like, but um, 
Will, will, will the sweeper thing, the so-called sweeper thing, or playing the extra guy in defence, will it win in Ireland? I said it last year it wouldn't, and I believe this year it's, it still won't. Like the one thing from Watford yesterday is good as they were. You look at their scorers, like Park Manny, top scorer, nine points from Freddie's. Kevin Warren, who's a midfielder, really, one three from play. Yeah. I mean, I know Morris Shannon came off the bench, and I think we played in Holler, and they got two points each, but like the semi-final has been the, the hurdle they haven't got over the last couple of years. So that's the question mark, is it do they have a forward inside? I mean... Patrick Hearn didn't get game time yesterday, and I think over the last couple of years, people would have thought he would have mm. kind of been the one to come through. Shane Bennett wasn't really effective. No. Stephen Bennett didn't get a game either. So that's that's the question. I mean, you mentioned earlier, like Tip have that, don't they? Callan, John McGrath, John O'Dwyer, they have those marksmen inside. Yeah. Uh, and Tip can do both as well, I think, you know, that if they need to drop a guy back, if Ronan does need to go back and protect that D, that what Brendan Maher does for the team, he is a great team player, Brendan. Like, he did it last year. Like, and one, they won, we won on Ireland, I think one of the main reasons was because of his game, that, he, that he's happy enough to sacrifice his game in midfield and let Mikey Breen go forward and be the attacker. And he's happy enough to go back and cover Ronan's man and let Ronan protect that D, especially if we have a lead four or five points. And if you have Ronan back there in front of you, and you know you have James at three, like you know that's that's a very very solid. It's very hard to get through that. Like you know your wing backs dropping back, Brendan's dropping back, and then Mikey's fit enough to cover all that area there. And like watch the team with our half forward lines, Bonners just automatically they're just all dropping back, dropping back, and then the unbelievable amount of space that you have to hit the three boys inside. And like if you go back to the goal in the Ireland final last year, that Carl Barrett won the ball. He looked up, look at the amount of space that was in front of Bubbles, like because we were all gone back, and it left all that space inside. And if the three boys get the best ball inside. I mean, it's t it'll take three lads, three fair lads to, to hold them, like, you know, so going back to what you said as well, Fintan, the best person they have to play that game, Tyg de Burka, like, we don't know what the story is, mm -hmm. are they going to appeal it or not, they'll have to watch it back in video, if he puts his hand on the guy's guard, I think it's an on-runner, like, because, you know, just the way this rule is brought in about safety and all this, mm -hmm. Dara Fives is probably the next guy, next best guy to have, but, you know, it's, it's Tyg de Burka is, is the man at that job, like. Yeah, big time. Uh, a few comments here, and it was actually Niall Cronin who was he was asking what you made of the red card in the Waterford game. Um, we touched upon that, all right, and it will be interesting to see if Waterford do decide to appeal it. I can't really see why they wouldn't at this point. Uh, Dale O'Donnell says, well, this is incredible, says Gavin has fine beard growth. <laughs> Mon tip. Uh, cheers, Dale, for that. That, that means come on tip. And tip oh, my God, <laughs> yeah, sorry, lost in translation there, yeah. B. Ryan, tip and cork, have been waiting a long time for it, Mon tip. I mean... Tip haven't been waiting too long, surely, B, have they? Uh, cork cork uh, a small bit longer. Jeremy Minahan, or Minahan says, Cork for Galway final, going to be a classic with the young Cork team winning out. Uh, I like the sound of that, uh, Jeremy. And then uh, Barry Cullinan, is the departure of the tip strength and conditioning coach to Galway this year a big advantage to Galway? We did touch, better, uh, touch upon that at the start, but... Uh, you know, going into that fixture, I suppose, any sort of a, an insight you can have into the yeah. opposition is handy at that point of yeah, the season. Yeah, and uh, Lucas, Lucas is the guy's name, Lucas Kurzenstein, he's, he's a Polish guy, and he was he was with Tip for a few years previous to that. Um, unfortunately, for one reason or another, he didn't carry on, and Michal Donoghue found out that, you know, maybe things weren't all good, and swooped in, and, he was available. you know, like a shrewd guy, and took took Lucas, and I know the Galway lads have great time for Lucas. The Galway lads are always physical anyway, and maybe Lucas is just after installing another little bit. You know, how, how much fitter can you get guys in the space of maybe seven or eight months? You know, it probably takes a few years to get that. They had probably the base already, and, and Lucas probably came in and just, just has pushed them on another few percent, which will make all the difference. But, you know, what a lad can squat in the gym or bench press probably won't define who's going to win in Ireland in the final. Like, you know, it's 
Hurling's gone so fast, it's you know, it's it's, it's about the speed of hurling and not 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 too much to that, but it will be a factor, you know. Yeah, big time. Um, I've had enough tip chat lads to be honest. I want to talk about Parky Creef, if that's all right. Uh, you were both down there at the weekend, and I mean, a lot of the talk coming into the weekend was uh, there's going to be massive problems with public transport and traffic, and there were some rumours that people were kept out a little bit. But what did you both make of it? Like, did it go reasonably, swimmingly? I think it did. I mean, yeah. Personally, I think it's a bit of an Irish. It's an Irish thing with sporting events. Once people are taken out of their comfort zone, like we saw it with Mayo Kerry, the football in 2014, and I think everyone who then was down there that day, you know, said it was a really, really special atmosphere. You know, um, like I don't think they're going to bring Waterford and Wexford if they meet every year in Harley Township. They're not going to bring them to Porky Cueve, but I think it was just because the reopening, uh, you know, it was just a one-off really. The, the probably have a proper kind of a fixture for the proper weekend and a proper sense of occasion for it. Um, and like one thing I did justify there, I mean some talk of they should have played it in Nolan Park, but I mean the classy Nolan Park's eighteen thousand, you thirty one yesterday. So mm. did justify in that sense. Um, you know, I think all the, the concerns maybe beforehand about kind of traffic and different things. Maybe there was a few teething problems, I think the club match last Wednesday, the first few fixture, but I think everything went well and, and pretty smoothly and most people seem pretty happy uh, with their experience. Yeah, what do you make of, uh, I don't know if you've got a chance to see the new dressing rooms, but I know the old ones would have been much derided by players when they came down to Cork. Um, yeah, I suppose they were, they're, they're legendary in their, own, in their own way now, like <laughs> anybody that played in the old Parky Creek, the dressing rooms are probably similar to most club dressing rooms, I would say, but I, I the, the, there was a great old buzz inside and a great atmosphere in them, you know, and like we got to play there, like the, the best atmosphere I ever played down there was 2008 and they kind of oversold the terrace or something that day and the fans had to sit out by the sideline. Oh, it know, was yeah. a big thing for us because, you know, we hadn't beaten Cork in like 80 years down in Parky Creeve and it was, a, it was a big test for us as a group and that was, it was unbelievable atmosphere, like, you know, and in 11 and 12 then we won two months finals down there and like the crack in the dressing room is it's unreal because it's so small and so tight and there's physio beds being thrown out of the way so lads can get in, get in on the picture, like, and, you know, you have, you have two small dressing rooms and then everybody is trying to get into a huddle in the one dressing room. So you're, you're kicking gear bags out of the way and kicking lads out of the way and telling lads they haven't been there all year to get out of the dressing room so you can have a bit of room. Like, you know, <laughs> it's unbelievable. But Owen, there's a great story in the programme there. Owen says, um, when you're walking out of the tunnel, you, you have to stop the fans. Like, you know, you stop the fans either side and we were walking out and I can't remember which game it was, but uh, Owen, Owen was captain and as he was going out, someone kind of caught him by the throat and says, you better win today, you know. <laughs> And like you know, this is just a fan. Like and Owen is like going, what is this? What's going on here? You know, I mean, that's untold. Like it's unheard of now. That's you're talking about 60, 1960s, 1970s stuff yeah, there. Yeah, like yeah. you know, but that's the, the the atmosphere was unbelievable. I suppose it's unfair to say that the atmosphere isn't the same in the new Parky Creeve because the two matches you had at the weekend were they were okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. There's only good five minutes, maybe as Claire were making their comeback, that the place livened up a little exactly, bit. Exactly. And, and if you if you get a Munster final there next year, maybe depending on who's in it, like and um, it's a close game uh, you'll get a serious atmosphere like where both terraces are full and it still does have that coliseum effect like mm. which which i think well, i'm delighted that they kept but i mean as a as, as a stadium um, as a modern stadium you, you can't fault it and i mean people get carried away as we said in the ga world because you have to go down to cork and all this like people are nearly leaving on wednesday to try and be down in time for a match on saturday you know that kind of way yeah. i mean we, we we were down there in plenty of time just to give yourself enough time like you know <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. just irishness have been late for everything like but uh, that's the, big the other thing is the parking like irish people want to park right next to the oh, stadium oh she nearly so want to park in the 65 this, and walk this, in along to this like, concept you know. of kind of using parking right and public transport seems alien to irish no, people yeah. and like with you the new with the new facilities is great like you can go in you can you know the bar the premium level is top class you can have a few drinks and just be there like you know and 
it was better to be there than you know tearing up from the venue there with five That's minutes the to go yeah. home to get the, in. The thing with Parky Creeps, growing up in Cork, the plan is always to park outside Parky Ring and then walk down. Mm. You know, like that. So I don't know if maybe we haven't uh, imparted that wisdom uh, north of Cork, like, but uh, maybe <laughs> we could probably send out a few emails or something. You'll have to get a board to start taking people across <laughs> the coast. <laughs> A ferry up the lead. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Uh, we'll come back to a couple of comments in a second, but firstly, uh, we do have a clip actually of uh, Bob Ryan, the uh, stadium manager at the New Park, and uh, it was interesting to hear what he had made of the whole thing and a couple of nice shots as well of the stadium if you miss it at the weekend. Massive for the Cock County Board, for the GA, the GA community in, in Cox City and County, for all the people involved in it. You know, they have made the huge decisions in, in, in uh, developing a project of this size. It is a large stadium. You can see the tree, the tree tier stand, the south stand is a large building, you know, with all the necessary dressing rooms and, and, and uh, players' facilities. Three uh, layers of or tiers of seating, and we have a, in the middle within we have the premium level, which hosts all the, um, the function areas, bars, food, and so on. I don't think um, anywhere has the sight lines that we have here in Parky Keeve. No matter where you sit or stand in the terraces, you will have a super view of, of the, the match. As you said, we are part of the Rugby World Cup bid. If Ireland are successful, which we hope they will be, we'll be part of that and be very glad to be part of it. That's the extent of it at the moment. Um, we've been discussing American football uh, as a possibility. You know, whatever is out there, we'll, we'll look at. But as you well know, we are bound by rules of the association and we'll abide by those rules. Every day brought new challenges. And, but we, you know, we work together. There was a, a group of five of us. Uh, I was chairman, Frank Murphy. Uh, Pierce Murphy, uh, Christy Cooney, the former president and former chairman of the board, and the current chairman, Jarlene. We, we, we worked together, we got over the challenges, we had, we had hot meetings, but we got there. I think this, this building, this stadium, will serve the people of this region for, for 50 years. Great stuff from Bob there down at the New Park. Uh, a couple more comments to get to before we wrap on football. Uh, John D. O'Callaghan, what about the tip full back line? Surely Cahill Barrett needed. Owen Fitzgerald says, tip need to bring back Cahill Barrett or we will be on the losing side. James Barry has to go back into the full tip a boo. All the tip fans, a lot of mons, a lot of tip a boos that really get mine the team. <laughs> as soon as you make a semi final, everything is smooth. Oh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Great fans. What do you make of uh, these, <laughs> these calls for Kyle Barrett's reintroduction? Look, I, mean, I, I suppose everybody's seen what, what, how good Kyle is, and on his day, he's probably the best cornerback in the country. Um, he's not involved for one reason or another. Uh, it, it totally is up to the management of what, what their call is going to be. I mean, as a tip hurling person, you'd love to see him back. But I suppose the call has to be made today or tomorrow, realistically, to give everybody a fair chance, to get the players a chance to readapt to it again. I'm sure there'll be a couple of lads ticked off if he's brought back in. But look, I always say if the team win, everybody wins. Mm. And, that's, and that's what it's all about. Like if, if, if Tip win, the whole of Tip win. And, um, <laughs> and if, they, if, if they win without Cahill, then, you know, it's, again, you, you'd, you'd say, look, great, great call by Mick. But if they lose without Cahill, you know, you'd say maybe, maybe he should have been back. So it's it's, it's very hard to call. Hindsight's a great thing, like, isn't it? You know? That's it. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, one comment to wrap on here, Fergal Kearney. He says, the Gaelic grounds in Limerick is now in big trouble. Amenities compared to Semple in the park don't match up. If it wasn't for the home and away agreement, no one would play there. Uh, well, Mayo seem to. Well, I wouldn't say Mayo enjoy it, but they've thrown up some serious games. Uh, we might move on to the football actually on that, on that topic. Um, a couple of things from the from the Mayo Cork game. I mean, for one thing, Mayo's kind of unwillingness to relent to this narrative that they should be finished at this point. Like, it's kind of difficult now. I think not to enjoy Mayo, even as a Cork man. And I was galled by what happened in the, at the end of the game. But 
how do you not really appreciate Mayo for what they've done for all of us in a sense, you know, and throwing up this entertainment year on year? Yeah, it's been incredible months. I mean, like, uh, Derry took them to extra time, probably could have lost that. Uh, then the trip to Ennis, you know, had a really, really poor start in that game. And then Saturday night, a game that, look, I think it was a 14-7 maybe after about 15 minutes gone. And, like, you know, the fans, let's face it, there were the majority of the fans there in the Gaelic grounds. There wasn't too many core fans there. looked like they could sit back and just relax. But... Uh, they really tested us to kind of support his faith before kind of eventually emerging. Like so, I don't think you can fault their resilience. You know that they've kept coming back year after year. Um, there's probably some question marks over kind of the defence. I suppose the fact that Lee, Car- Lee Keegan got black carded and Cullen Boyle was taken off uh, definitely Cork seemed to kind of exploit the big gaps that were there. Um, it's a bit similar to 2014. I mean that year Cork hammered in the Munster final coming into the game on the back a really really low ebb a lot of criticism towards them and they produced their best performance of the season yeah. ran Mayo to a point in Crow Park so Mayo historically just haven't really beaten Cork well and I think Stephen Rochford was very wary last week he was talking about this so I think he'll just be glad to get out over it don't have much time to recover now playing Roscommon next week Connor Champions the whole Kevin McStay factor so mm. um, but the fact that like they've come through the back door and I mean like similar like you've seen the shame like with the tip hurlers mm. It is impressive that aside, you know, like Mayo, I suppose the expectations are probably similar to the they are for tip hurlers. They lose the Connacht semi final, it seems like it's the end of the world, like that's them finished now, but yeah. I mean, they're now back in the last day. Yeah, you touched on it there, you have to admire, they have some following though. Um, even, even last year, I was at the All Ireland semi final in the football um, with Tip and Mayo, and um, like the Mayo support there that day was unbelievable. And you think, as Tip people, we would have got behind the footballer for getting so far for the first time ever, like, in a, well, in a long, long time. But like it was three or four to one, like, and mm. they seem to have that no matter where they go in the country. So they are like, you know, they are really behind this team. They do really support them. I suppose talking to anybody for years based on the football team, and it's just so demoralising when they when they don't actually get there. But they're the ultimate nearly team. They're they're they've done so well, and I'm sure their confidence has to be up. Like you know, I mean, fair enough, they didn't go well in Connacht, but their confidence has to be up going into the next game now. Ross Common. You know, our Mayo, our Mayo favourites, our Roscommon favourites, who knows, like, Mayo are probably in a better place because, like the Hurling, they're coming off the back of just playing games and training hasn't been too hard during the week, so I'd say, you know, you'd, you'd have to fancy Mayo at the weekend. Uh, I don't know a huge amount about football, like, but... I, I know mean, you were a fine footballer. Yeah, 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 in the North of Junior Football Circus, <laughs> but, uh, look, yeah, everyone in the country would love to see them win it, wouldn't they, like, you know, but whether they do it or not, I suppose they have to do it in the, do it soon because the, 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 the team, the, the focus of the team is moving on past the 30 mark now like as well. Like. Is that the big benefit of coming through the back door then, like having done it yourself and Tip have done it successfully in the past, the fact that training during the week isn't going to be as intense because the games are coming thick and fast and as you were saying earlier, it's not even about keeping fit, it's about remaining fresh oh, yeah, at this point. Definitely, the, the big advantage of the back door, like everyone wants to win their province like, and it's, it's, they're very, very valuable to have, like, you know, but the big advantage of the back door is just matches, uh, nice handy training, match, nice handy training, and that's all players want. Like, yeah. they, they know they're going training shoes tonight, they'll just they'll be tipping away. Like, you know, maybe the guys on the periphery or like, you know, the 10 lads who didn't see much, they might do a bit on their own or a bit extra on their own, like a bit of running and all that. But, like, for the bulk of the team or the 20 guys who are involved, I, I think it's, it's just it's a perfect, you know, and the summer just flies right in as well because you're just focusing on the next game, the next game all the time. Don't have too much time to think about the last game because you're already getting ready for the next game. And I think that's a big advantage to whoever comes through the football or the, or the hurling side of it. Like. Yeah, big time. I mean, I suppose the other, well, maybe not the main talking point, but one of the talking points from uh, Galway Donegal was the fact that Throne was delayed. Fintan, as we saw, like there was this kind of surreal moment at the end of extra time in the Cork Mayo game where there was a split screen and you saw the referee with the ball in his hand up at Markovic Park, the players ready to go, and there's just this really long pause before the ball is thrown in and the game had already been delayed at this point now we're looking at like maybe four and a half minutes left in the court game and you kind of think can they not hold on another four minutes but then from the players perspective Shane I suppose 
to be told like oh yeah the game's going to be delayed because of uh, TV scheduling mm. must be a lot more frustrating than even if, if it's like traffic outside the ground or something yeah like how you do know, you deal if with it's, that if it's genuinely people who are you know there's such um, culmination of people coming in at the same time that they can't factor it in like or they didn't foresee it you'd understand that like you know I mean it, well, lucky enough it ne never actually happened does the only time it might happen would be you know if, if the game before he went the extra time or something like that but majority of the time that would be maybe the game would be on the same place like mm. so I mean as a player if you can't get out and play because of a match that's on 150 miles down the road, you're there going like, wh "What's this about?" Like, you know, regardless of television or media or anything like that, like it's it's very hard to I get think, it in. I and think that they just play it, you know, don't they? I mean, it's, yeah. it's a bit easier to understand if you know your senior in the minor semi-final goes to extra time or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Like, yeah, know? yeah. But I mean, like if you're the Goldman Dundee goal players, you're like, "What? Like, what has this got to do with us? The fact that you know Mayo couldn't hold on in, in, in the Gaelic grounds, you know, and then the fact that they did start the during extra time, you know, but." Look, obviously, as, as it turned out, it didn't really affect Galway anyway. Like, no, I mean, that was no. a really, really impressive result. And I think probably one of the best things of the weekend, like we were talking about, see Michael Meehan back playing. Oh, oh yeah, he got a massive run. Four years since he last, uh, yeah. last played, he came out of retirement in March. Um, Himself and Sean Armstrong seem to be reliving those, yeah, both, those, both those, those days from a few years ago now again, which is like, you know, from Michael Meehan, what, what he's been through injury-wise. I mean, like mentally to come through all that. And he's, he seems to be in the gym a good bit as well. He's gone fairly strong. Like, so yeah. it was great for everyone to see him back. Like, I think, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what role he has next Sunday. Um, like you think the 08 Kerry game I think that was everyone remembers that like the shootout in the rain like it was yeah. absolutely incredible that day yeah. he's just being cursed with injuries like you know so it's, it's a matter we suppose how it turns out like talking with the back door I mean like everyone right now called after the Connor final and yeah. then win by 15 points and they're coming in with a good bit of momentum that's Sunday. it and, and you mentioned there me and like and what he might do next or when they're out again it's like he's such a wild card option now even though everybody knows kind of what to expect from Michael mm. Meehan like you don't really know like because he's been out again for so long. That's yeah. the thing, and like he could be, he could have been working on anything over the last few years or even the last few months. So uh, definitely interesting to see how that one yeah. turns out, lads. But uh, that is all we've got time for here on uh, Forty Two Dolly live on Facebook. Uh, Shane, thanks a million for joining us. Um, Delighted to be here. We'll hopefully get you back, maybe. Uh, Maybe around the uh, semi-final, or even if Tip are involved in the football next year again, you know. Yeah, so who knows? Michael Beck playing football. <laughs> That's it. Uh, listen, thanks a million for your comments as well. By the way, at home, uh, we're not going to pick the winner for the hat quite yet because we want to give the people the opportunity to keep opinions and uh, things like that flying in even after the video has ended. So if, there, if there's anything you'd like to add to the discussion or anything you want to get across, uh, leave a comment. We'll pick a winner later this evening. We'll be back around this time next Monday. But until then, thanks a million and take it easy.